there's hope. There's a God that cares, who's gonna get you through the storm. God will help you, God will steer you, God will guide you, and he'll give you all of the information that you need. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, welcome back to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder, and we're in a series called Is the Old Testament Obsolete? The, you know the answer is no. The Old Testament's important and foundational to our Christian faith here in the age of the church. And uh, hopefully as we preach through a bunch of the Old Testament stories, we are proving that out. Today, we're gonna continue to talk about Noah's Ark and the Bible says to make the Ark of gopher wood. And some people have thought that was a species of wood and we've already learned that it's not a species, but a building technique of interlamination. And so as you read through, make the an Ark of gopher, uh, meaning to, to house in is what the word gopher means, uh, wood, then this ark is going to be interlaminated, connected, and very strong, kind of like the lamination beams that they'll build for big buildings is how they would have created this. And so the Bible gives a lot of detail about the ark, the size, how it's built, but there was also some latitude that he gave Noah. So we're going to talk through all of this. We're also going to be taking you out to the full-size ark in northern Kentucky, Answers in Genesis, as I speak with Bodie Hodge, who gave me a tour out there, and we'll be playing a clip of that also on today's In Grace. And then for those of you that live in the Dakotas, this Saturday, I'm going to be in Mitchell, South Dakota. My wife, our In Grace team. We have a singer that's going to have sing beautiful music. We're going to have some wonderful food. We're going to be at the Corn Palace. Those of you that are from the Dakotas, you know where that is. I've never been there. I'm excited to visit the Corn Palace and all of you wonderful In Grace friends that listen or watch out in North or South Dakota. So you can get a free ticket still on our website, ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com. And for those of you that are in Arizona, we're going to be coming out there in February and you have a free ticket on our website as well at ingraceradio.com. Okay, so we have here this idea of interlamination, the, the gopher building technique. And here's a video of myself getting a tour of the full-size ark at the Ark Encounter. How many of you have been to the Ark Encounter in the Cincinnati area? The rest of you need to go to it. I'll tell you the first thing that, that everyone says, my, myself included, when I first saw it, you hear the dimensions of the ark, and we're going to talk about that today. But when you go and physically stand there and you get off, uh, there's like a parking area and it takes you by a bus and you get off, and it's a pretty far away that you're going to still walk to the ark, and you see the whole thing. Everybody says, wow, that is huge. Everybody says that. So it's a lot bigger than you think. Why do you think people think it's small? bathtub ark, right? Okay, so when you start to see the size of this thing, it, it makes more sense. So we got a, a tour of the ark, and we made a television series out of it, a video series. We call it uh, The Tour of Noah's Ark with Bodie Hodge. Bodie Hodge is the son-in-law of Ken Ham, and here's a video that will uh, give you a little more information on the, the building technique as you get into the ark. Skeptics of the Bible say it's full of fiction and fable. They use Noah's Ark as an example of this. 
They say there's no way the ark was big enough to fit all the animals. But today, we're going to challenge those skeptics and prove the ark was quite big enough, just as the Bible says. We're going to be given a tour by Bodhi Hodge, the son-in-law of the founder of Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham. Bodhi has a master's degree in mechanical engineering and is a writer, speaker, and researcher. So come with me on a real adventure and tour the full-size ark on Ingress. Walking in an ark, pretty cool. And yeah. Bodie Hodge, tell me a little bit about this, the structure. Okay, well, as we walk into the ark, we're basically getting a cross-section of what the, the outside to the inside of the ark would look like. How do they put all that together? You know, the, the Bible says that the ark was made out of gopher wood. And, of course, we always joke, well, what is gopher wood? Well, you go for wood. But actually, a lot of people think, a lot of researchers particularly think it's a, a style of how they put the wood together. I think of pressed wood or plywood. Something very similar to that. If you look closely at some of this, what you're seeing, you're seeing different elements and aspects of the wood, wood trunnels and things like that. What happens is when this wood is put together in such a way and it starts to get wet, it actually expands and makes a really tight seal. Okay, so when the Bible says that you're supposed to pitch the ark, so the, the gopher wood is an interlamination technique, a building technique, would have made it very strong. And what is this pitch that they would have put on the outside. Well, first of all, I want you to understand that the word pitch doesn't mean tar. We usually think of that as tar. Why? Well, because I believe that all of the petroleum byproduct, the hydrocarbons that we find all around the world, and that's where this black tar comes from we use on our roads and stuff, that wasn't around yet. What, what, what created all of that? Well, I think it's pretty simple. The earth was incredibly lush and full of plants and vegetation. And when the flood hit and it got buried in the right temperature processes, it created coal and oil and all of those things. So if, if this was before the flood, we, they wouldn't have had that. The word pitch is actually the same word that they use for atonement in the Bible. And it's a covering. So what were they covering the, the gophered technique of the ark with? Well, until about 150 years ago, maybe 200 years ago, they were using the technique of making cuts into pine trees. They would collect the resin that came out of the pine trees, and they had a way of processing that, and they would actually take the tree after that and burn it and bury it and create this mixture of resin and the, the charcoal of the tree. They were using that not that long ago on ships to seal the ships. So what would Noah have been putting on, his, on the ark? Well, I think it would have probably been something similar. It would have been at some sort of a resin. And that resin, if the ark was built with hardwood, which would make sense, right? So if you have all of that interlamination and then you add the resin on the inside and the outside, that soaks in. It's creating, it locks it all together, and it would water seal. And it would probably create a, a really hard outside that would prevent, you know, big trees hitting it or the debris of the ark of the flood from hitting the ark and damaging it. The full-size ark, they thought of everything. They thought of how would they have watered the animals? How would they have fed the animals? Because you have eight people, you got to feed the animals. How do you get the waste away? 
And there's a lot of different thoughts on that. You know, if they had uh, slats in the cages and a, a slanted floor, the waste could fall down and come into a, a common trough. Some people have said, would they have put some sort of insect or worms in there that digest all of that waste? You know, there's, they, were in, they were geniuses, folks, and they would have had ways, uh, piping and ways to water the animals from one central location. They would have big water reservoirs, and they could bring the water up with, you know, ropes and, and winches and, and pour it into one place, and that could literally water most of the animals on the ark. So there's, there's creativity there too, right, when, when you start to think about how all this could have happened. Now, how big was the ark? That's what you're all sitting here wondering. How big was the ark? Genesis 6.15 says, This is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. The breadth of it, 50 cubits, and the height of it, 30 cubits. What's a cubit? It was a, a way to measure, a length to measure. We have rulers, right? We have a ruler that's one foot so what is a cubit? A cubit is from your elbow to the top of your longest finger. Now, obviously, we all have different lengths. So that's the, you know, that was a general rule of measurement. But if you want precision, they probably had a standard. You know, the average person, let's measure that and let's use that stick or whatever that is as our standard of the cubit. When we think it was around, around 18 inches, Okay, it's kind of what we use to translate the number. So if we did that, the ark would have been 45 feet tall. So you have 450 by 75 by 45. If you make the calculation, that's 1.5 million cubic feet. This is a huge vessel. Okay, so here is a little bit more about what a cubit is. The size of the structure was given by God. Correct. Right. And to use the gopher technique, yeah. three stories, one door. But other than that, there would have been latitude in Noah's hiring shipbuilders to figure out what different parts of the structure would be like. That's exactly right. You know, the Bible gives us very few details, 300 by 50 by 30 in cubits. And a cubit's about a fingertip to elbow. A shorter one was about 18 inches. Uh -huh. Your longer or your older cubit was about 20 to 21 inches. Okay. Of course, they varied depending on what king was in charge. We're using the older cube. Okay. This would have been a very massive vessel. You know, even skeptics of the Bible, once they're there and they see it, they start, oh, you know, this is a lot bigger than I thought. Maybe, maybe all the animals could have fit on the ark. That's one of the big questions people ask. How did you fit the different animals that needed to be on the ark on the ark? Well, yeah, and you yeah. all did a lot of research on this That's and right. understanding two things versus the size. Yeah. This is a huge ship. It's huge. And, and that's, I think, what... Everyone's impression when they get here is, this is incredibly large, but also understanding the kinds. Correct. I'm sure we're going to get into right. that as we go through That's here. right. And there's, there's multiple aspects to that, of course. Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package, the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print 
showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited-time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Okay, so how big is the ark? Well, if you take the, the size and the, the height and the cubic feet volume of the ark, you're going to come up, somebody has come up with uh, using rail cars uh, to, because that's what are often used to transport animals. And so they said the size of the ark would have been 522 boxcars. Okay, that's a lot, right? So if you take an average animal, so they, they, have, a, they have math, what, what's the average size animal? Of course, we have large animals, we have uh, giraffes and uh, elephants and things, but we also have really little teeny animals too. So you have the average is probably about the size of a, a dog or a sheep, a big dog or a small sheep. Uh, so if you said how many animals could fit in these boxcars, you could put 240 animals, average size animals per boxcar. And then if you do the math of 522 boxcars, you're coming up with over 125,000 animals could fit on the ark. Okay, now, of course, you need room for food and you need room for space and living quarters and water and all of that. But the, this really gives us a number. If, if the number of animals that would have been on the ark is bigger than this, which most people assume it is, it'd have to be hundreds of thousands of animals, millions maybe, because of all the variation of what we call species, then there's no way it could fit. How many animals could, would there have been on the ark? Well, the ark was, was huge. So let me just give you this. The Bible describes the kind, okay? There would have been two of every kind on the ark. What is a kind? Well, People have done research on this, and they've studied this. They, you know, you have, let's say you have dogs, and here you have all sorts of varieties of dogs, and it's really incredible when you start to, uh, there's a boxer. We love boxers. I mean, just so much variety. So all of these dogs uh, would have come from a dog kind. They would have had all the genes within to create all these variations. We probably would think of it more as like a wolf. They have all the variations, and then they, they do selective breeding, and they come down to getting these, you know, these silly designer dogs now. You know? If it has doodle in the name, I don't know. I can't, I can't get past the name. They might be good dogs, but anyways, it's crazy how much variety is within that initial male and female kind. So that's all you need. You need a male and a female of the canine kind. And you look at horses, and they, they do the study. Basically, what can interbreed? And they, they do all of this study, and they come out. When you do all of that with all the animals, the, the land-breathing uh, animals and birds, you come up with a number, okay? And that number might surprise you. It's, it's smaller than you might think. They've done the math, and this is a high number. How many animals would have fit on the ark? No more than 4,000 animals, okay? If you understand kinds properly, and they've done all the research, it's a lot less than you think, okay? 4,000 animals. How many did we say could fit on the ark? Over 125,000. Do you think 4,000 could have fit? Absolutely. Now, all of a sudden, if we do the proper science and thinking, you know, people accuse Christians of being you know, stupid or ignorant or non-scientific. If you start to think about this and do the math and do the science on it, it's totally plausible 
Very possible. And so you need to know this stuff because people are going to attack your faith with there's no way the animals could have fit on the ark. Could they have? Absolutely. You say, wait, 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 wait. Wouldn't dinosaurs have been on the ark if the Bible says everything was created, you know, six days and a man and dinosaurs would have lived together and there's lots of evidence for that too. Then you would have dinosaurs on the ark. How could they fit on the ark? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's actually, could you have taken, ready for this? This is gonna blow your mind. A young dinosaur. Huh? Why, why would you take a full-grown apatosaurus? right? No, you're going to take a young one. And the younger are going to be better after the time on the ark to be better breeders, right? You're not going to take an old one or a fully mature one. You're going to take, God brought the animals to Noah. That's another big question. How could he have gotten all the animals? Well, I think there was one supercontinent in that day. They all could easily walk. And there they walked two by two to the ark. And they had some other ones that were clean animals that they had more for uh, for later sacrifice. But amazing, right? Amazing. How many fewer animals than, than most people think and how big the ark would have been. This is all very, very possible. Genesis 6, 16 says, A window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it. So that window at the top would have been about 18 inches. It would have been a series of windows, I believe, along the whole top. The door of the ark shalt thou set in the side, so it talks about a door, and with lower, second, and third story shalt thou make of it. So God gives Noah some basic parameters, the size, the width, the height, the, the length, uh, the, the technique, the, the making it uh, impervious to water and strengthening it with the, with the resin or the pitch, and the floors and the window. Why, why a window? Well, it was a way to look up to God in the, in the middle of this catastrophic event happening. There's grace. There's hope. There's a God that cares who's going to get you through the storm. It will also, of course, provided light and ventilation. But God knows what he's doing. God will help you. God will steer you. God will guide you. And he'll give you all of the information that you need. So the animals... And Noah are in the ark, and they all come through a door. And then when it's time, and any, per, any person that Noah was preaching to could have come in, no one did. And that's kind of sad. Years and years and years and years of preaching, and you don't have one convert. You don't have one person. But you still be faithful, right? You still do a trite. And they went in and the door closed. We're going to end with this video, and this is the gospel. As you know, we put on In Grace, every In Grace episode, we have a gospel presentation. That makes us different than any other media, Christian media out there. You know, there are some people that believe this, but they don't give it. And there are some people that believe something different. So this is to all of you that pray for and support through the church, through the college, through the In Grace ministry. Every time this goes out on the world's largest television network on 550 radio stations and now on YouTube, it can go anywhere all around the world. The gospel goes out there time and time again. This ark is an amazing, amazing structure. Noah and his family, they went through a door. The door was open. 
The Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and no doubt he was telling the people that there was judgment coming. But no one listened. They could have gone in, but they didn't listen. Well, there's a door that's open for you. There's judgment coming, not by water, not by a flood, but certainly a worse judgment, a judgment by fire. But there's a door that's open to you. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone will enter, they will be saved. As soon as Noah and his family got on, the door closed. There's going to be a day when the door will close, but today it's open. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Don't delay. Walk through the door of Jesus. He died for you on a cross and he rose again. God loves us so much that he paid for our sin by sending Jesus to die on that cross. And when you believe in him, you will have eternal life. The door is open. Walk through by faith in Jesus Christ. What a beautiful picture of salvation. And that's another aspect of God's grace. He gives us these pictures because we're kind of dense. You know, we think we're so smart, but we're really not. Uh, but but he, this, this, this symbol of the ark and that, that ark floated up on the same waters that came to destroy, saved. And Jesus came and he took that punishment. He took that, that agony. He took the, the wrath of God and he paid for it himself. That's how much he loves you. And if you'll just trust in him, believe in him, not your religion, not your church, not a priest, not a pastor, but the person of Jesus, what he did for you on the cross. He rose again the third day. If you'll trust in him right now, you'll be saved. You'll be in the ark and you will not perish. You will have everlasting life. There is judgment coming, folks. There is. There has to be. But you know what? Keep, keep sharing the good news because a few people, a few people will listen to you and they'll, they'll believe and they'll be saved. And maybe today you've heard that and you want to be saved. Say something like this. I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. But right now, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again. Would you do that? We would love to talk to you some more about eternal life. If you have questions, please contact us at ingraceradio.com or call us during business hours at 1-800-78-GRACE. We also have a brand new resource that I would love to get in your hands. If you're like me, you've always wondered, what was the route of the Exodus? The Bible talks about this incredible story of God taking Israel out of Egypt as slaves and giving them freedom and eventually the promised land. But many people don't understand the route. What body of water did they cross? Which way did they go? Well, we have a brand new series coming out called Exodus Found. We're going to feature the audio of part one this Friday on In Grace. But I want to send you a map that has all sorts of information on it that will help you understand the route of the Exodus and what the issues are and the places, because we look at this as a, a major miracle of God and the Bible. So we believe this to be a deep water crossing, not some swamp or shallow lake. And, and we, we are going to give you a lot of information on this free map. So this is my way of saying thank you for listening to In Grace. Contact us today to get your Exodus map here at In Grace, and it's absolutely free. You can contact us again at 1-800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Now, for those of you that can give a gift of 35 
$25 or more, I'm also going to send you the brand new Exodus Found four-part video series. Very exciting. We filmed in Egypt. We actually went diving in the Red Sea. We filmed in Saudi Arabia. Uh, you want to go see the real Mount Sinai? Come with me on this adventure, Exodus Found. You get the video for a thank you for your gift of $35 or more and the map. Now, for those of you that give more, let's say you give $250 or more, we're going to send you the map and the video series, but we're also going to send you a beautiful, large Red Sea Crossing print on canvas. This is original artwork from here at In Grace, and we would love to thank you for your generous gift. And right now, every gift given to In Grace will be matched. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and the video series Exodus Found. For gifts of $250 or more, you will also receive a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea Crossing. Also, a generous donor is matching all gifts until the new year. Call 800-78-GRACE. Visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9. Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.